This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. This is a sleeper hole podcast where there's no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. I am your host, Priest, and we will be getting on to our series with the Hall of Fame. But first, I feel like we're going to have to do something a little bit more important. You see, with all that's been going on lately and things that I have been made aware of, I feel there's a lot that I need to get off my chest or things that I need to talk about. And so... That's what we're going to do first, and hopefully it's not going to take too much time away from everything else, but you know, there comes times in life when you have something planned and then something more important shows up, so you got to address that first. If it does take the whole episode, well, sorry guys if you're expecting the Hall of Fame thing, but also, you know, sorry, not sorry, but I'm sure we'll touch a little bit on the Hall of Fame. I'm too stubborn to not let that pass. So without further ado, let me do a little bit of my rant and raven. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it and respect a lot of it. First topic on the agenda is one that's really kind of sincere for me. My hero of wrestling, Brett the Hitman Hart, has came out to let the whole world know that he is going to be battling cancer. Now, like I said, he's been my childhood hero since as long as I can remember. The excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And now he's facing probably one of the toughest opponents for anyone to face. Don't get me wrong, I have full confidence that with him being as awesome as he is, that Brett's going to take this thing down. And he has you know my thoughts and prayers with him and full support behind him and you know, if I could, I'd do anything I could to help the man out. But still, you know, it's a scary thing. I've had family and friends and many other people I know and care about fight one form of cancer or another. Some have beaten it to a bloody pulp and been what we call, you know, cancer survivors. I've had other people who unfortunately didn't survive. And it's painful to talk about, but it's also the reality. Um, What I'm trying to get at, though, is, guys, it's a real thing going on. My hero, Bret Hart, is going through it. Show him some love. Show him some thoughts and prayers. Even if it's just a random little tweet to Bret Hart, let him know that you are in his corner as he goes through and beats the crap out of cancer and puts it in the sharpshooter and makes it submit from trying to take him down. So, Brett, if you ever do get a chance to hear this, kick its butt. I'm rooting for you. And show them why you are the excellence of execution. Grateful. That's a word that's on everyone's mind as of Monday. Grateful. The reason why it's on a lot of people's minds is because Daniel Bryan, who is, if I remember right, and I did my math right on this, is age 35. Use that to describe how he feels with his retirement. You know, he he announced his retirement on Monday, which 
a lot of us, we didn't want to see it happen, but at the same time, you kind of had that feeling. I know my wife absolutely did. I was hoping that somehow it wouldn't happen. You know, I liked watching Daniel Bryan wrestle. He's a very talented individual. But when you have the doctors tell you there might be something going on that they didn't catch before and you're wanting to think about your future, the possibility of children, a family, everything else, I cannot fault Daniel Bryan one bit for what he decided to do. The man gave us incredible matches. The man beat the odds. And he he was destined for greatness. And I think that if he came back, he would have still done greatness. But that's not how it's going to be. We did get to share a lot of great memories watching Daniel Bryan do amazing things like he did. And unfortunately, after that, it just ended up where it was not going to happen anymore, you know? I I can't sit here and say anything bad about it, you know? As much as Daniel Bryan wants to use the word grateful, I think that myself and all the fans of the WWE Universe or wrestling in general, and especially of fans of Daniel Bryan, our word back to him is thankful. You know, I, I say this for all the other wrestlers I've ever watched personally up front with them, like an independent circuit or when I've gone to a show live or even what I've seen on TV. Thankful is a word that I want them to understand. They do this because they love it. They do this because it's a passion. We go because we love it. It's our passion to watch. I mean, like Daniel Bryan said, though, take it all away, the payments and everything else. He feels like, you know, there's nothing owed because he did it because he loved it. Well, we loved watching him do what he does. I love watching the superstars on TV do what they do. I love watching the people locally do what they do. You know, people like Brent Dunn, Derek Moss, Guy Smith, just naming a few there. They give us a great thing. They give us, like we had when we were kids, an out, a place to escape to. And to Daniel Bryan, to all the other wrestlers, Thankful is my word back to you. Now, for Daniel Bryan specifically, though, he was a great wrestler and will always be remembered that way. He's going to be one of those people that, even though he's not up there like Bret Hart for me or one of my other favorites, Edge, because those are my personal favorites, Daniel Bryan will always be one of my favorites because he showed that a little guy can do the same thing, if not better, than what the big guys can do. He stood out. And if you ever, ever want to see someone beat the odds, and not just storyline-wise, but just in general, beat the odds, Daniel Bryan is an incredible example of that. So, to all his fans, I want to thank you guys 
for making his dream come true by being behind him, especially when they did Occupy Raw. That was awesome. But to Daniel Bryan, thank you for helping me have the escape and the joy that you brought to me and the rest of the WWE universe. Okay, now that we got the big names out of the way, let me talk about some stuff with the local world. And I'm not going to name drop. That's not what I'm here for on this one. This one is just me speaking from the heart to all the talent, to the businesses, and to everyone who helps out with making these people be successful. You know, whether it's that you're part of booking, you're part of set up and tear down, I don't care. This is to every single one of you. And I'm going to make this hopefully as short and sweet as possible without getting into a huge, passionate fury. First of all, to the people who run the shows, let me just say this from one person who's been a business owner of a wrestling company, as well as a person who runs a business now with the podcast and everything else. One thing I've learned is if you make a business agreement or even just some type of business negotiation, whether that agreement becomes null and void or whether the agreement or the negotiation changes and you decide to change your mind before anything is finalized, don't leave the other business hanging. Don't leave them sitting there wondering. And especially if you decide to go elsewhere and pursue your business with someone, somebody else or some other company, be the adults that you are and let that person know. Don't let them find out their own way because that is just... It's poor form, first of all. It's it's very ill business manner. But you do that, you're going to cause a lot of tension, a lot of heat, and you're going to cause people to really have a bad taste in their mouth for not only your business, but you specifically. Because the business didn't really do it. It was your choice as a human being. But unfortunately, since you are associated with that business the business takes the hit as well. So you've got to be the mature people that you are. And it's like, you know, if, if I was to do something like that and say like with my other thing that I'm working on, which is going to be video based, if I was to have somebody helping me with the introductory music, which I do, and I was to be like, no, I don't like what she's doing. I'm going to go to John Smith here. I would think, and this is how I would do it. I think that she would respect it better if I was to go to her and say, hey, look, thank you for doing what you did, but I'm going to take my business elsewhere. I'm going to take a chance on this guy instead. Is it going to upset her? Yeah. But it's going to also cause respect because I said it to her face. I, I told her. Now, does that mean that that's what I'm going to do to the person I'm working with? <laughs> no. Mainly because it's my future, well, no, not my future, I'm sorry, my current sister-in-law and future brother-in-law. So, not going to happen. But anyway, the point of the matter is, you've got to be mature about that. Because that's how you keep 
businesses working well together is communication. And I've stressed communication on so many different levels. And I feel like I'm a broken record when I talk to people about always communicating on all aspects of a business, especially when it comes to wrestling. Okay, and this next part goes to all the talent, all the crew, all the people that work with the business. It goes to everyone. I'm even going to go towards the fans here, and that's something I wasn't really going to do, but I know the fans can cause this too. Let me tell you a very important rule. Don't stir the pot. That's it. Don't stir the pot. What I mean by that is pretty simple. Don't start the gossips. Don't start the rumors. And if you do hear gossips or rumors, don't egg it on. Don't let it build. Don't get everything. Take it to the source. If you know it's not true, find out who started it. Or even the people who told you, debunk it right there. If you find out that, hey, somebody's talking about so-and-so, okay, go ahead and go to that person and say, look, I'm hearing this. And I want to stop it right now because it's ridiculous. Don't just sit there and egg it on. Don't sit there and make it worse. And if you are the person who's starting the crap, stop it. Stop it right now. Because all you're doing is hurting you, you're hurting the other talent, and you're hurting your business. If you are stirring the pot, you're not being an asset to the company or to this industry at all. This is not cutthroat. I know everybody wants to say that wrestling is cutthroat. It's only cutthroat if you let it be cutthroat. You don't have to let it be cutthroat. That's the thing that you all need to learn. Stop it and grow up. I'm only saying this because I've seen so many great talent go to the wayside because they get fed up with stupid crap that happens, stupid talk that happens, and people lose somebody who has such incredible potential knock it off and if you're somebody who is a talent and also has some type of say or pull or whatever with the business of the company if you are one of those people that is on that point shame on you even more because you should not be doing this your job as a business partner partner a business person of any position in that company is not just to make yourself look good because you're a talent in the wrestling show no you're there to make Every single talent look good. You're there to make sure you are not only helping those people succeed, but you're giving the best possible show to your fans. So they want to come back for more. And when you mess with somebody like that, you mess with their morale, you mess with their motivation, and that causes them to want to just give up and they don't give you a great show like they could have. So if that's the type of game you want to play, you need to get your butt out of the business. And I'm not talking just by being a business partner or working behind the back. I'm talking about get yourself completely out of the business. Don't even think about getting booked because you are an insult and disgrace to all the people who truly have a passion for this business and want to see success not only for themselves, but for the rest of their family in the wrestling world. So again, Stop stirring the pot. Stop it. Well, now I feel all better getting that off my chest, even if it did take about half the time I usually do for a show. But hey, if we extend, we extend. Let's get on to the good stuff, guys. So let's lock it up and talk about the Hall of Fame Part 3. 
2006 was a good year for the Hall of Fame, if you ask me, that is. First of all, we had my hero, Brett the Hitman Hart, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. He was a five-time WWF World Heavyweight Champion, two-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, co-winner of the 1994 Royal Rumble, and he had two times won the King of the Ring Tournament, once in 1991 and the other time in 1993. Again, gotta love the excellence of execution. You want to see a wrestler who's done amazing things, and that's the man right there. Never caused a serious injury to any of the people he wrestled against. He was probably the best technical wrestler ever in history, and I don't think anybody will ever, ever be able to surpass him in that category. Now, going on with that, though, we have another inductee who was another great. We're talking about Eddie Guerrero, or Guerrero, however you want to pronounce it. This man was probably one of the best cruiserweights out there. Even when they didn't really use the cruiserweight division that much anymore, this man was awesome. He was once the WWE champion, twice the WCW and WWE United States champion, and twice he was the Intercontinental champion for the WWE. He was mostly known for being of Latino heat with China or um, team up with Chavo Guerrero. He even had a versus thing going on with Chavo Guerrero a few times. Had a feud with Rey Mysterio. But the thing that people remember from him is his little phrase of lie, cheat, and steal. And he used that psychology to really win a lot of matches by really messing with a lot of situations. He would throw the chair to the hands of the opponent and take a really heavy bump. So when the referee turned around, he saw Eddie rocking back and forth, holding his face while the other wrestler was holding the chair, like what just happened and then realized, Oh, Hey, he just tricked me to making the referee think that I hit him. So, I mean, these are things that Eddie did and he did them marvelously. It's a shame that he left us so early in his life, but you know, I, I believe that he does look down on the wrestling world with a good old Eddie Guerrero grin sometimes knowing that we still love and honor him and that people still do things that he made famous because it's a tribute to him in their own way. Another person that was inducted in 2006 was a incredible voice when it came to commentating, when it came to doing announcing or interviews. We're talking about the guy who would tell you to get your parents permission before you call the hotline. Mean Gene Okerlund. He has been a long-time AWA, WCW, WWE interviewer, announcer. I believe he even did some commentating at one time. But this guy, he has the voice for the mic. He knows how to work that mic and get the fans behind him on wanting the inside scoop. And who better to give you that inside scoop than Mean Gene Okerlund? We also had Sensational Sherry. And I'm telling you, if you want to talk about a manager or valet of that time, Sherry or Scary Sherry is definitely one of those you want to talk about. And I've mentioned her before when we talked about the ladies in wrestling, but she was a one-time WWF Women's Champion, four-time AWA World Women's Champion, and this woman was awesome. I mean, 
hats off to Sherry. She is incredible. She has managed some of the greats out there and is definitely one that's worth checking out if you're a female wrestler and want to get some tips on how to be a good valet or even if you're a male wrestler or manager and you want to get some tips on how to be at ringside for another wrestler she knew how to do it especially for the heels oh she was great we had Vern Genge I believe is how you pronounce his name I can't remember how to pronounce it really well but he was the co-founder of the American Wrestling Association and 10 times he held their world heavyweight championship I really didn't know much when it came to that but he was pretty awesome from what I've heard. I'm definitely going to be trying to catch up on some of his stuff as well because from what I hear, it is a worthwhile watch. And of course, 2006 concluded with Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. He was a one-time WWF Tag Team Champion and half of the very first African-American WWF World Tag Team Champions with his partner, Rocky Johnson, not to be confused with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So that's definitely 2006 for you, a great year. 2007 was also pretty awesome, let me tell you. All right, guys, listen up. If you are in the 217 area and you want to have the inside scoop on local artists, professionals, or anything else great going on in the Springfield, Illinois area, do I have a podcast for you? My buddy, Jeremy Bailey with Lincoln Legends is the place to go. He is always getting the inside scoop, has a lot of great information, and it's always entertaining to check out his stuff. He even does video blogs as well as the podcast. This guy, he is incredible with what he does. And it's like I said, it's always entertaining. I look forward to watching this stuff myself and listening in. But let me also say this, if you are a person who does have a profession or has a passion or a pulse that you want to make heard throughout the central Illinois area, definitely get a hold of Lincoln Legends. They would love to hear from you and they would love to showcase you and help you build your business and make yourself grow. Again, my buddy Jeremy Bailey helps run this thing. He is an incredible guy. Hats off to him. You would not go wrong talking to this guy and checking out his stuff. Again, that's Lincoln Legends. Google it. Check it on Facebook. Watch a little bit of it. Listen in. You won't be disappointed. All right. So like I said, 2007 was also a great year for the Hall of Fame. First of all, we have the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes. And, you know, Dusty Dusty is a person who had a great mind for the business. He understood it inside and out, and he was able to share that wisdom, share that knowledge with so many people. I'm not even just talking about the NXT superstars. I'm talking even people from, like, Paul Heyman and Steve Austin and other great superstars, people that we know that are fully established today and not just in the NXT roster, the American Dream was able to help them out. And he gave us two wonderful wrestlers as children of his who really have done a great job, in my opinion. I'm talking about Goldust 
and Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust. But let's focus on the dream. The American dream was the everyday man, and he was a three-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He also one time held the United States Heavyweight Championship for NWA. Also was a tag team champion twice for NWA, as well as a NWA World Six Tag Team Champion twice. I've never heard that type of title, but we're going to talk about that probably under my title segment. He also once held the NWA World Television Champion, and he was a longtime head booker for WCW before you know they went over to be bought out by the WWF. But he still shared a lot of things. And who could ever forget the great polka dots that he was wearing and showing off? And he made the most ridiculous things work. That charisma was spot on with Dusty Rhodes. Another one that I really do like that I grew up watching is Mr. Perfect, a.k.a. Kurt Henning. Now, Kurt Henning, he was definitely one of those that... If you watched how he did things, he played the heel role so beautifully from even when he first was just Mr. Perfect and that's it to when he did become Kurt Henning, he still did great. And he was the AWA World Heavyweight Champion at one time, held the Intercontinental Championship of WWF twice. Uh, when he was with WCW, he held their United States Heavyweight Championship once, as well as was one time their Tag Team Champion. So, I mean, he did a lot of things, and unfortunately he did pass on, just like Dusty Rhodes, but he left a great legacy. You still see people today that exemplify and have the type of personality similar to Kurt Henning. And I'm not just talking about um, Curtis Axel, who is, you know, a descendant of Kurt Henning and everything else. But, I mean, look at Dolph Ziggler. I mean, Ziggler, in my opinion, and just my opinion here has a bit of the Kurt Henning personality in there. He just found a way to tweak it to where it's more face than heel. Also, 2007 was one of my favorite commentators. Uh, That's Jerry the King Lawler. I I love listening to Jerry Lawler. Even when he goes heel, he's still one of my favorites because he knows how to work the mic. He knows how to get the fans and the audience to listen to his words and really stick with it and who could forget his feud back in the days when he was doing the things with Andy Kaufman I mean Andy Kaufman would pick on women left and right and who came to the rescue but Jerry the King Lawler that was a great thing back then but <clears throat> going with accomplishments for Jerry the King Lawler besides the fact that he's been a longtime commentator for the WWE I mean let's see here Back in the AWA, he once held the heavyweight championship uh, for AWA. He also held at numerous times, I believe it's about 35 times, the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship. Three times he was the WCWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, WCWA, guys. And he, for the USWA, he was the 26-time United I'm sorry, unified championship owner, and he he's done a lot of things. It's just it's hard to really try to just name off things and t- 
title drop with King Lawler. You, if you don't know who he is, you obviously don't have to pay attention to the commentators of today's time or of the Raw Attitude Era or any of that sort because Lawler has been there for a long time. And he's one of those people that even though he doesn't actively wrestle, I think if the right circumstance called, he'd be right back in there. And not just to like wrestle for a full-time career, but you know, just like a special appearance type thing. I think he keeps himself well in shape. Also, he's a very talented artist. I've seen some of his work on Twitter when he posted up. But the one thing I also want to kind of say about Jerry Lawler that I really do like is as a commentator, and this is something that has been mentioned to me about his book, which I'm planning on getting, he does not like to read the outcome. He wants to stay surprised with everything. And to me, that's how a commentator should be. So lots of respect for Jerry Lawler. Um, let's see here. Nick Brockwinkle, four-time AWA World Heavyweight Champion, three-time AWA World Tag Team Champion. He was another great one to watch. I have seen some old footage of Nick. And Mr. Brockwinkle, he rocked it. I mean... He was a very talented wrestler for his time and always great to watch. Um, another one to mention for 2007 is the manager of Yokozuna and who has also been a five-time WWF or WWF World Tag Team Champion, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji, you know, I remember him only as a manager, so I can't really vouch for his wrestling career, but... He was a great manager. He knew how to play the role perfectly where he was silent. He seemed calm. But when the moment called, he knew how to get involved to help Yokozuna win. And he knew how to make the fans hate him. It was great. Another one that's really a famous one that everybody should know and love because of how he's done and he's paved the way is The Sheik. And The Sheik, you know... He was known as the original Sheik for some people because you also have the Iron Sheik and whatnot. But he was a two-time WWF United States Champion, and he held the NWA Regional Championship 20 times at least. Um, let's just put it this way. If you don't know who the Sheik is, I do recommend checking him out like on YouTube or whatever you can find him. Just remember that you may have to put in the original Sheik because a lot of times they're going to pop up results that involve the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter, which is still great stuff. But the original Sheik was awesome as well. Now, we're going to wrap up 2007 with another great commentator, probably right up there for me with Jerry the King Lawler, his best commentating partner, in my opinion. We're talking about good old J.R. Jim Ross. Jim Ross has been a lead announcer for the WWE. He has worked with WCW as a announcer, other regional promotions. He is a great voice on the mic. He knew how to make you really get into it, just like Lawler did. They had the best chemistry I've ever seen. I, I and Even with, you know talking about Michael Cole and JBL and all that stuff who have great chemistry. It's not the same as what Lawler and Ross had. And speaking of which, 
Jim Ross, he was the head of the WWF talent relations during the Attitude Era. So he was really, really good about scouting out and picking talent. And he knew how to get them at the right place, the right time, and help get them elevated to what we know and love today. So really, JR has done a lot more for the business than what people normally recognize. And good old JR, you know, I know he's got his own podcast out there, so he may not even hear this one. He may not even care. But let me just say this right now. Good old JR, if I ever could have a chance to talk to you, let alone shake your hand, you better believe I'm going to be doing that because you are an ideal commentator, an ideal mind of the business, and you are one of those people that I definitely acknowledge and respect wholeheartedly. All right, boys and girls, that wraps it up for this episode. We're looking at probably about, let's see here, we got eight more years of the Hall of Fame to do. So I'm going to say if things go as I plan, we're looking at three, maybe four more episodes. That's right. We're going to get that all there. And not only are we going to do the eight years, we have a little something extra at the end, which I know I've mentioned before, but that's what I'm looking at right now. Now. As for everything else, I just want to say thank you to all of you listeners, all of you fans. It really does mean a lot to me to know that you guys do listen to this podcast, you check it out, and you know, like I've always said, give me your feedback. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you are looking forward to. But it really does mean a lot to hear back from you guys, as well as I just, I love doing this for you guys. And on top of that, I want to give a shout out to my new friend, Alex Sherman, who reached out to me through Twitter just saying a quick shout out to you. Thank you for your comments that you had left to me. And everybody, I will definitely see you in two weeks. My wife, who you definitely can hear her voice at the beginning and end of every episode, she just got her wisdom teeth removed. So I'm going to wrap this up and go tend to my wife and make sure she's doing okay. You all stay safe and I will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.